Will you turn the music up and let's play Critter Critter? Who is sober enough to take me to? To take me to? Hello and welcome to the Gridiron Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Huck Breeze, and I am joined here once again by Scott Sheddick. Scott, how are we doing today? Doing great. Doing great, man. Just another beautiful day here in Houston. Uh, you know, would love to get a little bit better football news out of the Houston Texans, but, you know, you got to take what you can get. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I mean, today was an actual decent weather day. The summer feels more like a, a wet summer than... Than we've had in the past. I know that in the past, you know, we get scorching hot weather, beautiful summer days. Uh, now it just seems like we can't get outside for more than a day without it pouring down rain. So uh, at least we're starting to see some sunshine. Um, hey, QB episode, man. This is this is huge. This is a big episode, the QB episode. Um, this, like I said in the past. Our league revolves around QBs. QBs are our children, our babies. This is what we concentrate on. This is what, in not every case, this is what wins you a championship. Uh, maybe not last year or maybe, you know, not the year before. But, but most of the time, <laughs> QBs uh, is what wins you a championship, at least in our league. And in any super flex league that you're in, that might be the case. So this is this huge episode. I hope you're ready. Oh, I, I've been looking forward to this. And I, I, and I, like we said last episode, you know, that I love that our league is a little bit different than most people's. Uh, like when I hear other podcasts and they're talking about how like the whole first round is just running backs and like maybe Travis Kelsey or something. I'm like, the fuck is that? Like that, that sounds awful. I'm sorry. Yeah. But when you think about the superstars of the NFL, Running back is really fucking far down the list. Like it is QB show everywhere you go. And if you're playing fantasy football and you're not in the QB show, then you're a fucking idiot. I'm sorry. Like yeah. don't fucking talk to me about fantasy football because you probably have a fucking defense and special teams. So get the fuck out of my face. Right. Exactly. I, I did one of my favorite things earlier today, which is argue with strangers online um, on, on Facebook. And I had the, the, the post was, would you rather do a uh, draft for floor or upside floor or upside? And some guy goes, well, in the early rounds you draft floor. And then in the later rounds you draft for upside. And I said, my response was, if you draft for floor, you're never going to get breakout seasons. Like we had from Holmes, like we had from Lamar Jackson, these guys kind of came out from nowhere and you're not taking these risks to get these superstars in their first season. And he said, uh, in Lamar Jackson's first year, I got him in the 14th round. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. You, you can probably still get him in like the eighth round. In yeah. Leagues. You play in a oh. shit league, buddy. Yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, again, we're not, we're not here to bash other leagues. We're here to uh, project our information about QBs, impart 
our listeners uh, with some of our knowledge. Uh, but before we do, let's keep it light. What are we watching? What's tickling your senses lately? You got anything? Uh, yeah, I got a couple. You know, yesterday I watched the new show, uh, The White Lotus, on HBO. It's about okay. a bunch of families going to Hawaii on vacation. And, you know, it's it's kind of funny. Kind of, you know, it seems like there's a little more intrigue going on. I, I only watched the first episode. I think they're about three or four in right now. But seemed seemed pretty interesting. Um, I like that. And then one other interesting tidbit I read yesterday about uh, Loki, actually, from last week, since now we're a week away from the finale from last week. Everybody kind of knows that the end of Loki opened up the multiverse of madness that changed a lot of things Mm -hmm. going into the Marvel Universe. And so the next uh, Doctor Strange movie, Doctor Strange 2, is called the multiverse of madness with him, WandaVision, and now confirmed Loki in it. Yeah. Is it confirmed? I thought I thought I knew he they, was, they maybe they just confirmed it today. So yeah, oh. they, because I, the, when it ended, I was thinking I was like, well, Doctor Strange is technically the multiverse of madness, so Loki must be involved in this in some way. Uh-huh. Um, and so I was, so when I read that, I was like, I was very happy to see that that confirmation because that seems like the next most interesting uh, part of the saga. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I'm I'm super interested in and. and it, dummy me did not connect the multiverse of madness i knew that movie was coming up i've heard that movie uh movie's title multiple times and i didn't connect the loki series to that movie until like the very end of um loki which it's on me it's on me you need to pay attention no i mean it should be very interesting though i mean that's how they kind of play it up i mean they don't want you to know everything that's going on and i mean even well the other thing i read about it was the director sam raimi who directed uh Evil Dead 2 and Army of Army of the Dead or something. Mm-hmm. Apparently, this movie is going to be the scariest movie of all the Marvels. Really? Yeah. So wow. something very different, very different look than the other Marvels. Okay. I, I can get on board with that. I can get on board with something different. I know that, uh, you know, the, the first few phases had had some movies that were a little out there, something a little bit different, something you need to warn people who have never seen it before, before they watch. Um so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm looking for hell. Anything Marvel puts out to me is good. I know not everybody agrees with that, but uh, but yeah, um, I am personally uh, starting an old series, an oldie but goodie, uh, which is Last Man on Earth. I haven't watched past the first season, so I started that over. I'm again huge Will Forte fan, and so uh, you know, I'm gonna start that one. Have you ever watched that series? I've seen a couple episodes. Yeah, uh, Will Forte is great in it, and then the the other girl he finds she she's hilarious too. Oh, yeah. and he, uh, she she's just so funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's it's a great yeah a great uh, setup for a show. I think it really gives them a lot of liberty to find comedy in small situations that we you know we take for granted on everyday life. Right, right. Um, but yeah, I'm doing that, and I'm I'm really really excited for this friday uh, and this friday ted lasso comes back oh wow i've yeah. heard great things about that show oh if you've never seen it you have to see it ted lasso is uh for me a top five show on television right now and maybe a top five show favorite of mine ever it's wow. it's amazing yeah it's amazing just because it's the it's a dramedy it's a mix of you know drama that can make you tear up uh and also make you laugh out loud uh, on the daily, on every episode. Um, so, yeah, definitely looking forward to that. If you can cram 
um, the first season because it's only on second season in the next 48 hours or so. I highly suggest you do it because it's going to be every Friday, probably for the next eight weeks leading up till football season. It'll give you something to look up, look forward to um, on a week. Nice. nice. Yeah. I've heard it's great. And the other thing, I, I mean, I, I respect the heck out of Jason Sudeikis just because he, after the uh, Euro finals where all of the African-American penalty kickers for England missed the kicks and the Brits went and, crazy racist more than usual yeah. you are sure with their name supporting them which i thought was pretty big for the time especially for that show you know that you know he's a fo- he's a football coach or soccer coach or whatever you know yeah. in it I, I thought that that was pretty that was pretty awesome of him to show some support and, and uh, you know market that apparently doesn't give a shit about being racist fucks <laughs> yeah absolutely uh but that fits right in with the show that's the theme of the show uh, Ted, La- Jason Sudeikis is playing Ted Lasso in real life, um, with, with that. So, uh, good for him. And, and that's, that's really good to hear. Uh, but let's, let's move into some football. Okay. We got some news. We got some, you know, this happens every year we start out, feels like people report to camp and within the first 30 minutes, somebody that you have in your notes, maybe at the top of your notes. Uh, somebody you planned on drafting, maybe a sleeper, uh, gets gets hurt and and most likely hurt for the season. And this year, it's going to be Cam Akers, which is totally disappointing because he was on the championship team for us last year. Uh, he really carried Cameron's team. I drafted him, ho- having high hopes. Uh, at the end of the year, he really showed up and showed that he could be like a top 10 back in an offense that has, has Matthew Stafford, everybody's back healthy, uh, McVay is an offensive-minded coach that can really come out there and make him shine. So he was definitely – people were uh, definitely looking forward to drafting Cam Akers. Um, how do you feel about this? What do you think the the, the fallout to Cam Akers getting, tearing his Achilles is? Uh, you know, I mean, it sucks for Cam Akers. It really does. I feel, I feel for him and uh, his family that, you know, probably looking forward to having a, a big year for him this year. Um uh, you know, I think it puts a little bit more weight on uh, Stafford's arm, on, you know, putting the team on his back a little bit more since, you know, yes, there's Daryl Henderson there, but there's a reason Cam Akers was ahead of Daryl Henderson because mm-hmm. he's better. And so you still technically have a second string running back. So you're not going to, you know, your run percentage is going to go down a little bit and with the way Sean McVay is. They'll, you know, it probably won't just be Daryl Henderson. It'll probably be, you know, a couple guys coming in now. So yeah. I, I think it really hurts the fantasy value of uh, the Rams running uh, backfield for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And if I was the Rams, the Rams have made moves in the past. We've seen them not be afraid to make moves. I mean, we saw the Stafford trade. You've seen trades in the past. What, I mean, would it be prudent for them to go out and get a running back right now trade for somebody like mm, say james robinson mm, say uh you know i know it sucks but todd Gurley, just <laughs> their old friend just signed with the ravens not that that's a huge attractive piece but uh texans have a lot of running backs maybe yeah. you know go and say hey texans we'll give you some badly needed picks for david johnson or Somebody, you're not going anywhere this year. How about you know, give us Philip Lindsay, give us Phillip. you know whatever. Yeah, I'm mean, that. That's an interesting take because 
you know, people have been talking a lot about the uh, running back free agents out there and all of the ones they talk about, it's like Dion Lewis, Adrian Peterson, Le'Veon Bell, you know, a bunch of people that you're like, yeah, he's a fucking free agent. That makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. like nobody's going to pay him to play football anymore. It's just, it's over for him essentially. But doing a trade actually makes a lot more sense because if you're looking at it from the Rams point of uh, point of view, they're ready to fucking win right now, especially now with Stafford. I mean, you got mm-hmm. Aaron Donald up front, you got Jalen Ramsey on the side, you got Stafford under center. You just need a running back behind them, and you got you got a complete team. Robert Woods and, and Cooper Cup on the outside can catch touchdowns all day if they did it with fucking golf for Christ's sake. So, yep. yeah, they got to be thinking they're Super Bowl or bust basically within the next two years, or else after that the team's got to be you know falling apart and you know losing them to free agency and stuff. So. Stafford will be in his mid thirties. They kind of committed to him, uh, you know, pretty long term there. But you know, last year maybe it was just golf, maybe it was just out of necessity. But they were one of the highest percentage running teams in the NFL. So when you lose your starting running back, your star running back, it's Malcolm Brown is in Miami. Okay, so they they don't have that piece behind Daryl Henderson. They really don't have much. A bunch of uh, late round picks and no namers. So. If you want to get some star power in there to try to make your way in the playoffs, you better do it now before the season starts uh, and, and get these guys into training camp so they can learn your offense. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised in the next week to see some something a little bit more high profile. You even you can go to the Ravens. You can ask for Gus Edwards. You can go all over the place. Um, just just, you know, you got to make a move in this because we've seen Daryl Henderson. He's just not sexy at all. Uh I mean, we've done the running back episode. Where would you put Daryl Henderson in the scheme of running backs? Is it like, you know, upper echelon, mid or or lower? Mid, like like just a very mediocre mid. Like I because well, yes, it's Sean McVay's system and it is all about running. Uh Stafford, I feel like is still gonna take a lot more of the red zone opportunities, especially now that it's not your first string running back back there. Um. Yeah, I think he's at best a, a decent running back too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I have him. I think at twenty eight out of uh, all running backs ranked, and it's crazy because I have you know multiple running backs from other teams, teams that you know like the Browns and whatever uh, ranked above him. So it's weird to have a Rams running back ranked that low, but it is what it is. So um, yeah. All right. Okay. QB time. Um, this is a big show. We, we don't want to give away everything. Okay. I know we're in the same league. I'm in multiple leagues with some of the people that are going to be listening to this podcast. You know, it's, I, we're going to try hard not to show my true colors, give any biases, but we're going to tell you what you need to know about these quarterbacks. Okay. All right. So we'll start with the AFC South. Um, and we're going to do a little bit different format. We're not just going to get, tell us who we like and who we don't like. This is QBs. They deserve better than that. Uh, we'll just kind of ask some questions, open up, uh, you know, a little conversation of, uh, you know, every division and see who's hot and who's not. Uh, Chetik, do you think Wentz can make a comeback? Do you think that's, that's in the cards for this season? I think he can. You have to realize that, okay, a lot of scouts look at him. He has talent. He has the ability to be a good quarterback. He was a great quarterback, what, just three years ago. He was league MVP. Mm -hmm. 
His team falls apart around him. He has a huge ego hit. Nick Foles wins the Super Bowl without him. He probably had some other shitty personal things happen in his in his personal life because of how much, you know, he was falling apart basically all over the field. I'm sure the rest of his life has fallen apart too. Yeah. Fast forward to now. He's at a new city. He's got the coach back that he used to, you know, he won his MVP with. He's got an amazing offensive line. He's got a running back that people are going to look at more than they look at him and Jonathan Taylor. I think if he's ever going to bounce back, this is probably the best situation for him to do it in. Yeah. I mean, he's got a good O-line. I'll give him that. I will say that uh, the weapons he has been presented with is any is better than anything he's ever had in Philadelphia. Okay. With Pittman and Hilton, uh, those receivers, you know, uh, he's got the running game. I mean, you underestimate the, the value of somebody like Naheem Hines to a quarterback, somebody that you can dump off to and, and get people on the outside. That being said, Carson Wentz doesn't have it. I saw it last year. I saw it last year. He doesn't have it. He just, you look at his eyes, you look at the throws that he made uh, when he was late in games with the Eagles. He just doesn't have that strength as a quarterback to make throws under pressure. You know, at least Phillip Rivers for the Colts last year when he got under pressure, which it wasn't all that often. He has a quick release and whatnot, or he had a quick release. You know, uh, we love Phillip. We miss you, Phillip. Um, he could either throw it away or put that ball where it's it's not in danger. Wentz doesn't have that. Wentz throws the ball in danger. He fumbles uh, on on little on fly routes. He can't. Uh, consistently hit the receiver. Wentz is just not the quarterback that we saw three years ago for Philadelphia. You don't see quarterbacks have a year like they did, like like Wentz did last year, and come back and get a new team. What about Tan? What about Tan? No, and I I knew you were going to say. I knew you were going to say. We all wrote him off like he was done. No, and he but, went to a team that Mariota was looking, making it look shitty, and all he had to do was take Mariota's dumbass out of there and, and plug someone in there and can throw the ball. This could be the same situation. The other reason I have faith in him is name his backup. Who? Uh, name, name Carson Wentz's backup. Jacob Eason. I might draft him. Oh. <laughs> you knew who Jacob Eason was? Yes. No, I could draft him. I, I, he is a good handcuff for people with two quarterback leagues, if you're listening. Uh, if if Carson Wentz is a very injury-prone person, the kind of quarterback that uh, wears knee braces in normal life, going to the mall, uh, I mean, this is an injury-prone dude. Whether he, he sucks, he comes out of the gate with all these weapons and does not get wins, or he has some kind of knee problem, goes down wrong, has to miss any time. Jacob Eason is a rookie last year. I think he was their third or fourth round pick last year and deserved a shot. If, if Carson Wentz wasn't available, I think he may have gotten a shot um, after you had Brissett last year who took most of the snaps behind, behind uh, Phillip Rivers. So I, I think that he, you might see more Jacob Eason this year than obviously you saw last year. I have very, very little confidence in Wentz. And in fact, Wentz is uh, my uh, number 29 quarterback. 
Ooh, yeah. that, that's that's almost even undraftable in our league. People. Well, the the quarterback, <laughs> the yeah, it's one of the four. So for we have a fourteen team league, two quarterback leagues. Simple math: twenty eight will be started every week. Uh, Carson Wentz to me, and it's a strong quarterback year. Okay, um, Carson Wentz to me is one of those quarterbacks that shouldn't be started. I mean, I again, that's strong. I know it's it's way uh, overdoing it. That's just my opinion. I'm trying not to be so biased. It's just I, I can't help it. I, I just don't. You just, I don't you just you heard Neil's feelings right there. <laughs> I, I maybe I did. Maybe I did. All right. Uh, let's talk about the Texans. Isn't that isn't that a fun fun team to talk about? Um, tell me what you think of Deshaun's situation. Uh, and if, if there's no Deshaun, Tyrod, Davis Mills, anybody uh, tickle your fancy there? Oh man, thinking about the Texans without Deshaun really is just just really sad. Like at even with Deshaun, like the rest of it, like you start to realize that like the reason the Texans were at all decent within the past few years is mainly because Deshaun just improvises in the middle of every play and makes it work basically. Mm-hmm. Like there were very few on schedule plays that happened. It was really just all him essentially. So to think of the team with like a traditional quarterback that's going to try to be like, okay, we're going to run a off tackle run here and we'll get negative three yards and nope, I got sacked. And like that, that's how I imagine a lot of the Texan season going without Deshaun Watson. But I mean, I guess we're still waiting on the criminal case for Deshaun. Um, his best case scenario is that he's making some sort of deal with all his women to pay them off so that he can play. But then you still have to wait to see what the commissioner Goodell is going to do. And he could, I would think he's going to suspend him at least for four games. Okay. And, and I agree with that. I, I think it's more like eight, uh, yeah. depending on, depending on what progresses over the next few weeks. Obviously if Deshaun, Deshaun doesn't, doesn't I mean I, I know I talked about this in the past like the Broncos would tr- still trade for him now case or no case but it's I'm starting to change my mind on that I don't think that I mean with Teddy Bridgewater and and Drew Locke over there in Miami who has Tua and they're starting to go into training camp training camps like pretty much started I and mean, people are reporting yeah. uh, I I don't I think Deshaun really has to play for the Texans or nobody and then he can be like Okay, next year. I'm sorry. You know, I, I I'm I'm back in the NFL. Who wants me? Uh, I don't want to play for Texas anymore. You know, but he put himself in a spot where it's really hard to trade him. So uh, it's either no football or the Texans, and I'm pretty sure he, he picked the Texans. So I'm starting to lean towards more Deshaun Watson, either not playing the season or playing uh, later on for the Texans. Uh, say he doesn't play at all. Who, who are you thinking, Tarod? Terod Taylor or Davis Mills? I, I can't. I can't take Terod Taylor. I, I can't draft Terod Taylor. I, I I don't like any Texans quarterbacks. Even Deshaun's there. It's really tough to take Deshaun Watson with confidence after everything that's happened. Um, well, so that's the other thing is now our draft is coming up in two weeks, folks. So we're going to be drafting a whole hell of a lot earlier than majority of population out there. So when we're drafting – we probably still will not know anything about how the Deshaun Watson or the Aaron Rodgers situation is going to conclude. Yeah. Um, So say we're drafting two weeks. We still, we're still at the same amount of knowledge we know about Deshaun. 
what round is is it that it's like okay I'm going to take Deshaun Watson because he can't keep sitting there. What round is that for you? Uh, and, and if that's divulging too much, that's okay. No, no, it's not. I, and because it's not when I'm planning, when I'm doing research and doing my notes and trying to take perspectives from different uh, people I respect in the in the fantasy community. Uh, there's not a lot of notes on Deshaun Watson. He's an afterthought. He's he's not even being ranked by most people. He's not being talked about right now. Um, I think eight or nine. Because what you're talking about is for half the fantasy season, including playoffs, taking one of your bench spots. I, I don't think he'll be designated as hurt. I think he'll be designated as somebody who's just not playing football yeah. and is, you know, on the, on the, um, the commissioner's list. So I, I, I don't think that that's worth it to, to spend top five pick to hold on to that spot with a hope that he comes back. A lot of times those don't work out. <laughs> a lot of times when you, when you take somebody and I hope that they're going to play later on in the season, whatever, it doesn't work out, and then you end up dropping him, and you're like, well, that was a wasted experiment and a wasted pick, whatever. Uh, but yeah, if, just ask uh, Josh Gordon owners. <laughs> right, Josh Gordon owners. Uh, you know, there's there's more. There's so many more. Uh, but, but yeah, Deshaun Watson, I think eight or nine would be yeah. a good pick to say, okay, I'll take a flyer on you, and if you play, you could be a solid QB2. I think he's an upper echelon QB2. Um, and if you don't, you don't. Then, then I'll drop you. But, but no, I think if Davis Mills play, Davis Mills play, plays, uh, I would be more apt to take him than Tyrod Taylor. I, I think that if there's no Deshaun, it'll probably end up just being a hodgepodge mix of both of them losing games, playing terribly, getting blamed for losses, and you know, getting like, oh, okay, this is our starter, and the next week they bench him, and the next the other guy comes in. I think I think it's just going to be a complete shit show for fantasy QB wise, and you're just not going to be able to guess it that well. Like if you want to have the some QBs, you got to have both of them basically. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, definitely, definitely agree with that. Um, okay, one more thing. I just, you know, before we get off this vision, let's talk about Trevor Lawrence. Okay. Um, you know, where, what do you view Trevor Lawrence as? Where, where do you view him in the echelon of, of QBs? Is he, is he upper tier? Do you trust the weapons? Um, is, is the fact that he's just a baby in the league going to, uh, you know, affect the way that you, you draft them? Are you interested? What do you think? Um, I'm not personally that interested just because I think that he'll be drafted way higher than he should be. Mm-hmm. Um, just because like right now they, uh, Yahoo has uh, Trevor Lawrence projected to, you know, beat out, a lot of QBs that have been very good QBs in this league for a while. And I just, you know, I don't, I don't think that's actually going to happen. I think he'll have some struggles. I think that after he might start off decently, but after about five weeks is usually the benchmark for, for new QBs. Once they have five QB, five games of film on them, then defenses really are going to be able to get to know their tendencies and really get to know 
uh, what they can do, what they can't do, what they don't like to do, which side to rush them on, which side he can scramble to, all those kinds of things. Um, honestly, I am a little concerned by his lack of competitiveness. He just doesn't yeah. seem like a competitive enough guy. Right. And in this league, if you're not the most competitive guy, like you're either Tom Brady or you're not playing in the league. And right now he's at by attitude wise is he's not going to be playing in the league in a couple of years, basically to me. Like, I don't know. He just, he doesn't seem competitive enough to me. That's just an X factor thing that might, might not matter at all, but being at the Jaguars doesn't help because that doesn't spell success for anybody ever. Um, so like, if you don't have that extra edge, uh, chip on your shoulder, I feel like you can be a great athlete. I've known lots of great athletes in my life, but if they don't want to fucking do it, they don't do it. And you got to kind of have that chip on your shoulder. Uh, personally, that kind of bothers me. I think you'll have a decent season. I think you'll end up as a mediocre QB two with rookie, uh, rookie growing pains and interceptions and things. He's not in the toughest division that helps him, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I don't think he's anything better than like a mid-level QB two. Okay. And you know, I kind of agree. He is this year's fantasy lover boy. I mean, last year it was Kyler Murray, you know, we we're going in, everybody's talking about Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray should be top of the uh, draft for everybody as far as QBs are concerned. And this year, Trevor Lawrence is getting a lot of attention and you know, the weapons they've put around him, they still have James Robinson, Travis Etienne, uh, Marvin Jones Jr. Uh, you've got LaVisca Chenault Jr. And you've got, uh, you know, uh, Baby Chark over there. A, a decent O-line, a guy that prides himself on running. I mean, we're talking about a better situation than Herbert was in last year. And Herbert set a rookie record for QB or for touchdowns. Um, I just don't see this guy... I, I don't – this is where I disagree with most fantasy pundits out there who are calling this guy the, the second coming of Andrew Luck, um, that he's a general, generational talent. I just don't see it. I don't think he's that great. I, I saw him play in college, uh, and I said this about Sam Darnold too, if you, if you remember. I mean, years ago, um, he just makes too many mistakes for a he quarterback. Like yeah. He just, I, I, he just makes too many mistakes for a quarterback um, that is supposed to be regarded or put up on a pedestal like that. Uh, I saw him play Ohio State, and he just he didn't look like he had that drive, like you were talking about, to go out and and win. So I'm a I'm reluctant. Obviously, there is a uh, there's a point of value. I mean, we saw yeah Jag Jaguars quarterbacks have been pretty successful. Over the past few years, Minshew was an, a definite ownable quarterback in two quarterback leagues. And a couple of years back when he first started, he was a, uh, a quarterback that was ownable in one quarterback league for for multiple weeks. I mean, he was pr doing pretty well. Um, so I wouldn't count out uh, Lawrence as a bottom tier, bottom of the barrel quarterback. I'm just not a first round guy. Trevor Lawrence guy. I'm not a uh, top 14 Trevor Lawrence guy. I think that uh, if you're taking him, be ready for some weeks where he puts up under 10 points. Be ready for some weeks where he just sucks ass. Three interceptions, a fumble, 
whatever. And they're going to say, well, it's growing pains. Yeah, it's great. He's still the generational talent, et cetera. Great. Uh, I, I'm just not ready to, you're right. I'm not ready to put him ahead of people like Matt Ryan. And yeah, right now cousins. they have in front of Matt Ryan, Big Ben, Kyler Murray, Derek Carr. They have him in front of a lot of people. And personally, I'm just like, look, man, I got to see him do literally one thing before I put him in front of all these people that have been perennial 4,000 yard passers. Mm-hmm. Like, like I just I can't like it's just it I mean not to get off topic but the same way like people are are drafting Kyle Pitts like he's better than Kelsey already basically yeah and it's like well, okay I mean he'll be good but like it's still you have to I think you got to factor in the rookie at learning curve a little bit and yes last year was difference in like say wide receivers where a lot of rookies came along whereas in the past like ten you know ten years prior to that rookie wide receivers never did anything so I mean it, it is. It can be, uh, you know, it's game is changing for sure. And, and rookies can have big impacts on the game. But I just I think you're going to see Trevor Lawrence have a little bit of issues comes to start off. Yeah, no, totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. All right. Enough of of that division. Let's move on uh, to the AFC East. Uh, we'll start with probably one of the biggest question marks of the NFL right now. And that's to a, a to a T. You think he can turn it around? Is it really something that he needs to turn around? Or was that, did you see enough from him last year that he can be successful in the NFL this year with the weapons that he's been provided with? Now, I know that I have not been the biggest Tua fan in the past, but he does have a lot of weapons around. They've given him more weapons in the offseason with Will Fuller and Jalen Waddle. Uh, they've they still have a great defense in which they haven't didn't really lose anybody. And probably one of the best things uh, going for Tua right now, other than all of that, is the fact that they could have drafted a really good QB in the, in the draft in, in April. And they didn't. So that means they have confidence in Tua. So that's one of the biggest things is like you don't have somebody behind him like a Ryan Fitzpatrick or somebody that you know is just chomping at the bits to get uh, to take his spot. His backup is Reed Sinet or Sinet. No, Never. I, I'm, I'm thinking it's Brissett. Is it not Brissett? I'm not seeing uh, J- Jacoby Brissett. You mean? Yeah, I haven't seen him on there. Uh, am I thinking the wrong team? Maybe I'm thinking the wrong team. If, if it is Jacoby Brissett, I would be a little more concerned because he's actually played football before. Right. But, I mean, it's not somebody that you, you're you going to put in there to make the playoffs. I mean, no, Tua no, would no, really no, have to tank. To yeah, see. Tua would have to basically tank. And they're, they're giving him every opportunity they can for him to be successful, basically. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, he doesn't really need to do that much. Last year at, you know, just – just kind of staying within his own comfort zone. They were usually with, uh, you know, on the other, on the opponent's side of the field. So it worked, worked out to his favor. Just run the ball and play defense. So I do think Tua can be serviceable this year. Um, I think he's a low end QB two, um, yeah. but he's not a QB three because to me, a QB three is a guy that, you know, might lose his job at any moment. Right. Um, yeah. I think, I, I mean, he's definitely, low he threw 11 touchdowns in nine games so we're talking about somebody who can throw like a touchdown a game and that's just not going to cut it for a quarterback uh i i i think that uh two was a huge risk when it comes to drafting him high 
Now, there's going to be people who look at the weapons around them. Wolf, Fuller, V, uh, Parker. Uh, they, they've got a, a great tight end, Gasecki, Miles Gaskin, and a beefed up O-line. I mean, they've done really well. The Dolphins have done really well with the, for themselves after collecting all those picks. They've put together a pretty good offense. The only thing that they're missing is that high-power quarterback. And so can it be Tua, or is that just another failed uh, failed experiment? And also, they got Jalen Waddle. I mean, I think Jalen Waddle with their first pick this year. There's so many weapons. There's so many weapons for the Dolphins, and Tua is set up to succeed so well. Um, you just you're you're gonna have to. This is one of those uh, risk it for the biscuit things. You know, is he going to be the guy that uh, you want him to be, or is he going to be the guy we saw last year who was so timid? Uh, holding on to the ball and, and uh, throwing it away. And just, he just did not look like a quarterback that was ready to take that next step. But I guess we'll just have to see. I remember, remember saying multiple times last year, Ooh, do not take Tua. Tua is just not the quarterback that you're going to want for this next year. But uh, uh, let's talk about uh, a QB battle, a real QB battle. Um, Patriots second year without Brady. Uh, I think the breakup is um, official and they're, they're over it because they took a guy, Mac Jones, in the first round. Um, just as plump and unathletic as they took Brady, you know, 20 years ago. Uh, is he the next heir? Can he take over for Cam this year? Or is Cam the guy? Cam came out with a video, said he is fully healthy said this is the year where um, he can really succeed. He says he hasn't been healthy since 2016. Uh, do you believe that, or is that just something people say after they suck to try to get one more chance? No, I, I 100% believe he was not healthy last year. He hasn't been healthy in about a year and a half. Uh, I saw the game that he got wrecked um, by TJ Watt actually in Pittsburgh a year and a half ago. And he, his ankle was never the same after that. And then when he went to the Patriots, I think I, I, I said that all last year was that Cam's not healthy. And if he's not healthy, he can't play. It's not, yeah. he's, he's not Tom Brady. Oh, I played with the torn MCL. Well, yeah, you don't fucking move, dude. Like it doesn't matter. Like you just, you just sling it around and you got amazing weapons around your cam. Half of Cam's game is running the ball. Uh, so it makes a huge difference for him. Um, personally, I don't know if it's going to really matter if he's healthy or not, just because like, say he's hundred percent healthy right now. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Going into the season, just say that's true. The way he plays quarterback, he's not fast enough like Lamar Jackson to dodge every tackle. He's trying to truck people. So yeah. if you try to truck defender NFL defenders on a regular basis, you're going to get fucking hurt. Yeah. So if he's healthy right now, that that's like saying my trash can is clean right now. I'm going to put fucking trash in it later. Who gives a shit if it's clean right now? Yeah. Like it, it doesn't really matter. He's he'll, he'll end up getting hurt just by the style of football he plays. So I give him till about week four to six, depending on their schedule and how banged up he gets. Hello, Mac Jones. Okay. Um, I don't think uh, if I were the Patriots, I would put, 
Mac in week one. I, what I saw out of Cam last year, healthy or not, uh, he just can't throw the ball. Uh, he just it, the accuracy's not there. Uh, he's inept at the quarterback position. He's past his prime. Most of Cam Newton, what we said, oh, Cam's back the first few weeks. But most of what we saw in that was goal line runs. And really, honestly, the playbook. Because they lined up 10 people to block for Cam. And Cam would fake, run it two yards in the end zone. And we, you know, like, wow, he's back. Cam's back. Uh, If you can't throw, you can't win football games. And I know they've kind of set this up. Yeah, I can't wait till we get to Lamar to hear what you say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, they've set this up to be a uh, an offense that runs around Cam. With you got tight ends and Johnny Smith uh, and uh, the Hunter Henry. You but made that can it. be that can be a nice uh, comfort blanket for a rookie quarterback too. It could be. It you could know? be. Yeah, that's correct. But I'm just I'm I'm letting you know that the offense that uh, succeeds, the offenses that succeeded under Cam Newton had pretty good tight ends that he could throw to, um, you know, whether it be Greg Olson or whoever. So I, I I just think that they'll probably start Cam, and you know I I would start Mac Jones, but we definitely see Mac Jones by the middle of the year. It's just a QB situation to avoid. I think in that division, I, I just, it's a, it's a nightmare thing to have to roster two QBs. This is different from rostering two QBs in the, uh, for the Packers or something like that, uh, where either one of them could succeed. Either one of these can fail and fail terribly. So I think Jones could be pretty successful in this. I, I think Cam could even be successful if he doesn't, try to overuse his body basically and doesn't try to do too much and like try to like run over a linebacker for an extra yard that doesn't matter or something like he 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 plays like he's trying to run through a brick wall all the time and it's like all right man that's not going to be you know that's going to be detrimental to your career basically yeah you wonder why he's not healthy and why he has to come out with videos saying i'm healthy now draft me let me keep yeah, the starting right. job. I mean, we were just, we were removed, uh, you know, barely removed from being like, is Cam Newton going to play for anybody last year? We're like, is he ever going to play again? Is his career over? That, after the Pats, that'll probably be it. Unless he has yeah. some sort of amazing season and then the Pats are like, okay, we're going to go with Mac Jones anyways and let's him out under the free agency market. But I don't really see that happening. Um, can I get your take on uh, Zach Wilson? What do you, what do you think? What I've, do you think over the- yes. I, I've told you what I think of Zach Wilson personally, as in I hate his face. I think he, <laughs> I think he looks like what a about fantasy wise. Do you think okay. he can put up some good numbers? Do you think like between him and Trevor Lawrence for say, who do you think is going to have a better season? Oh, Trevor Lawrence. For sure. Oh, okay. uh, the Jets. Is it just the less punchable face or? Uh, no, it's definitely uh, the fact that, a Jets quarterback really hasn't been fantasy like ownable, like somebody that you're like, Ooh, yeah, I really, I mean, name the last Jets quarterback that you were excited to take in fantasy. Sam Darnold, Brian, his rookie year, Brian Fitzpatrick, <laughs> maybe. Uh, and you know, they were so hey, pleased with that. The Jets helped me win a championship back in 2012. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. But, 
Uh, we're talking about Mar- Mark Sanchez before that. Uh, uh, somebody that just ran the ball all the time. Um, so, no, I, I just – the Jets are one of those teams that have to show me. You got to yeah. show me uh, before – before I can jump on board with a team that just got taken over by a defensive coordinator and are kind of restarting from scratch with a new quarterback, new rookie quarterback, uh, you know, pretty Corey Davis at receiver. Uh, they drafted some, some running back to play running back. Their defense is horrid, um, which is good for a quarterback, but uh, you just have to show me that you can go out there and make plays and like we're talking about most QBs, there's going to be bumps in the road. Now, I, I'm not saying Zach Wilson is not ownable. I think he is higher than Wentz, if you're asking that. Uh, he is ownable. He's definitely a lower-end QB, too. Um, but I, I, I have barely any confidence in him. I, I don't think that uh, he's somebody you need to go out and spend a bunch of draft capital on. Um, is it more of a, a lack of confidence in him or in the organization? Uh, the organization. Zach Wilson made some like filthy plays in college, but you also got to understand that he played for BYU. Yeah, BYU's garbage. Yeah, right. We're not talking about Mac Jones here, who played in the SEC, who uh, you know played some really good competition week after week. I mean, this is a guy that played for BYU uh, and like came out and destroyed teams. So. You know, the same thing with Trey Lance. You know, we're going to talk. No, it's cool. I actually went and played in my little cousin's uh, flag football league the other week. They're all like 12 and 11. I destroyed them. It was great. I felt felt like a beast. I was like, man, am I going to get fucking drafted here? Yeah. So, yeah. Came home and Valerie was just smitten with you. There's my football star. Yeah. You know, just kicking little 10-year-olds left and right in the face. Yeah. That's... That's where um, it's at, and and that's where I feel Zach Wilson's at now. He's playing with the big boys, and and we'll see, we'll see how he performs. Again, I, I have confidence in him as a playmaker, uh, but there will be for sure mistakes made, um, you know, probably every week for this yeah. guy. So, well, I so. think one of the biggest things too is uh, because you know, of course, you got Josh Allen in Buffalo, in Buffalo, which we're not going to talk about too much, just because he was pretty solid next last year. Should be solid this year, but I think. What's going to be more difficult for all the QBs in the in the division are all the defenders coming back for New England because if that defense can get back to what it was a couple of years ago, it was the best defense in the league. So yeah, it that that could be scary for all. Yeah, you, and you're correct in that division. Uh, Buffalo's division or Buffalo's defense played really well. Uh, Miami's defense came out and and really shut people down last year. Uh, Xavier Howard is one of the best corners in the league now, very up and coming. Miami um, knows draft uh, defensive backs. Oh yeah. Yeah. They had Fitzpatrick the other year. Um, but, but yeah, no, I, I, I really, I would be wary of the jets. Uh, we know the bills offense. Josh Allen is top two quarterback for sure. in in the yep. league. Uh, so we don't really need to talk about that as much let's let's head over to the afc north uh this is a big one because all these quarterbacks i feel like are somebody that will take in the first second round there's no i mean there's question marks um 
but all these quarterbacks, first, second, maybe third round. Um, but let's talk about two specifically, Baker or Burrow. Tell me which one you like more. I'm going to have to go with Baker on this. Um, and honestly, I think Burrow is a better quarterback, mm-hmm. but Baker is not that far off from Burrow, and he's just in a better situation. He's got better running backs behind him. You know, Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt are both better on their own than uh, Joe Mixon or uh, over in the Bengals. Uh, you got freaking, uh, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. coming back. While T. Higgins and Jamar Chase are great throwing options, they're both a little young. And what I worry most about Burrow is his offensive line, really. I mean, they already showed that they couldn't protect him last year, and they didn't really do too much to change that other than like a second-round pick or something that I don't think is going to, you know, revamp the offensive line. And they're going to ask Burrow to go back out there and carry the whole franchise. Yeah. So it's like, you know, he's like, fuck, dude, I barely got, you know, one knee here. Can you give me some help? And they're like, nah. And, you know, I mean, they gave him Jamar Chase, but you got to be upright to be able to throw it to him. So, uh, to me, it's Baker just because of the, the situation. I think he's got a better defense even. You know, you, yeah. you'll be – he's got a lot of good weapons around Yeah, the, the, the defense kind of proves my point in disagreeing with you. I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to take Burrow, and I'm going to take Burrow as a lower-end QB1. I think he's a first lower-end first-round pick. I think he's really somebody that, you know, whoever picks him, uh, whether it be a one quarterback, two quarterback league, is going to have some value there. And the reasoning is because of what we talked about with Trevor Lawrence. He's the opposite. He is a winner. He's been a winner his whole life. Um, he's he's somebody that can wiggle out of situations uh, when he needs to be when, he, when they're behind. Uh, he can come out and and really you know throw and move the ball down the field. The defense, like we just talked about, is terrible. The Cincinnati's defense is going to be in the lower third for sure this next upcoming year. And when they are in high-scoring shootout games, you can need Burrow to go out there and throw the ball around. And, you know, with, uh, like you said, T. Higgins, uh, Jamar Chase, who he's played with in the past, and Tyler Boyd, that's exciting. And you got Joe Maxon, Joe Mixon still back there. It's, it's an exciting offense. He's going to be 100% healthy going in. Um, I like Burrow, you know, you may not see him be the Burrow, uh, that you saw in college, the guy that running around so much, but I'm sure, you know, maybe that's even better for, for, uh, you know, fancy's perspective. Cause he's not gonna get hurt. Um, and he'll be throwing the ball more and he'll be more, uh, more accurate. So I, I like Burrow above Baker. Not that I hate Baker. Uh, I just like, like Burrow above Baker and I like Burrow a lot above a lot of people. Uh, but, uh, okay. How about, uh, big Ben? You think, I mean, you're a Steelers guy. You think he's still got it or you think he's done? I think he can definitely still throw. Um, you know, we, we saw a picture today of him being leaner. I mean, he still had a, I mean, he looked like if I saw him and I didn't like recognize him, I didn't know who his face was. I would never think that's a professional athlete. I would think, yeah, that guy probably has like four kids and mows his lawn on the weekends and calls that his workout, you know, like that's, that's the kind of body he has. Like 
So last year I watched, you know, I watch every single Steelers game every year. Last year, his completion percentage off of play action was like the worst in the league because yeah. they couldn't run the ball at all. Mm-hmm. And they can't really run the ball at all because he can't really move. Like he can't do a bootleg. He can't do a lot of formation. He can't line up in an eye formation or offset eye or single back and do the play action and then actually come back on the bootleg and block blind side and have a, a defensive end in his face because he'll literally die. He'll literally they'll have to get a stretcher and like take him straight to the hospital. Don't so want to that. like yeah, so it's so it limits to all shotgun, which is very easily noticeable, like what's going on as far as whether they're running ball or not. So that's why it never worked. So like it makes me fear a little bit for Najee Harris, but I just don't see. I mean, it worked for a while last year. It worked for eleven games, yes, but then after that, it just. I mean, they once someone figured it out, they're like that was it. And yeah. I don't I don't see them changing it that much just because of his physical limitations. Okay. Like if they if they just put him the shotgun the whole time and have him throw it 50 times a game, that could be great for fantasy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know how much more of his body and his arm can take that. I, I so I think this is Ben's last year, last hurrah. Uh, I'm mentally preparing for a for a fucking Mason Rudolph season. Really? Ugh. I, I don't think I could ever mentally prepare for something like that. That's just terrible. And I, you know, I feel sorry for you for even imagining that. Um, but I, I think that when you're talking about a team with three ownable receivers, and there's a lot, there's a lot of teams in the NFL, uh, probably half of them that have three ownable receivers. Okay. All those guys. I mean, we're talking about the top, 30 receivers in the NFL, uh, especially from fantasy terms. Do you think all three of those guys are, are in that category? All three of the Steelers receivers? I think Juju drops off this year. Okay. I mean, but yeah, in, okay. Draft, draft wise this year in our draft and other drafts, do you think the top 30 receivers, do you think all Steelers receivers will be taken? I think the top three will be drafted. Yeah. Throughout the draft. Yeah. And the top 30. Uh, one of them would drop and one of them might drop out of, out of three, but I mean, not very far, not, okay. not very, you know, like, but yeah, I think, I think they will. And, and that's saying a lot for Ben's arm and his productivity. And that's why I don't like getting into projections because if you talk to people that do projections, that means Tom Brady this year is going to throw for 10,000 yards, you know, mm. like, it, you know, it's just, that's why I don't get it because you start going a little bit too crazy with the yards with like, you look at the wide receivers. Cause yes, they are, they did all amazing last year, but I just, I can't see him throwing that many times again this year. They threw like 647 times last year. Oh, they absolutely won't throw that many, that many times. And that's a good thing for fantasy. That's a good thing for any fantasy owner that has been uh Rothsburg is that they're not throwing every play and they're not trying to force the ball. Uh, down the field every single play. I mean, you're going to need Najee Harris. And from what I've heard of Najee Harris, uh, you know, everything about him, he's wonderful. He's a gift from God for, I mean, if if the Steelers are going to improve upon, I mean, they went 10-0 to start the season last year, but they're going to improve upon this offense and try to make a Super Bowl run. Uh, the defense is there. Najee Harris is the key. If Najee Harris plays the same as James Conner, then Ben Roethlisberger is going to be the same Ben Roethlisberger we saw last year, which is like a middling QB two. But if Najee Harris can open up holes and really, uh, 
make the defense guess on what they're going to do on a on a play-to-play basis. Ben Rossberg could have a successful year. He could be – I don't think he's ever going to be a QB1. I don't think Ben Rossberg – Ben Rossberg has flirted with QB1 uh, like – what? How, how many years have you been in the league? Is this like 15, 16 year? Uh, like Ben Rosper has flirted with QB1 maybe like seven or eight times. He's always been that turn guy for us. He's always been quarterback 12, 13, 14, 15. Uh, somebody takes him um, and because you're like, hey, he's good enough to take in the first round. Uh, because I got to compete with those people who took, you know, quarterback at one, two, three, and four. Uh, and I don't want to be left without a quarterback. So I'll take Ben. Those teams always fail. They always fail. Ben Rossberg has never been like a real successful quarterback in our fantasy leagues just because w- where people take him. So I-, I don't know if he's a, if he's a, a one, a late one, definitely value at a, at a late two and early three. And that's just my opinion. You know, maybe people push him to four. I don't know. Um, but but I, I, I think Big Ben can can be a value quarterback. Definitely not somebody that you're going to have to have your team riding on this year. Um, but yeah. So you want to talk about Lamar? You want to talk about Lamar? Is that is that? Something? I mean, he's he's the front runner here. I mean, obviously a lot of it having to do with his uh, ground production and rushing touchdowns, things like that. So uh, I mean, I think he's a for surefire top five QB. You know. So it's weird. He's a he's a curious case, Lamar Jackson, because that first year when I took him, uh, they finished was, really strong last year. They I mean, did last year. I, if you just take the end of last year, he finished really strong. He did for sure. Um, and I I honestly think that he came in the the first year and he came in the playoffs and. Uh, you know, San Diego had this playbook or created this playbook on how to stop Lamar Jackson. He came in the next year, totally destroyed that playbook. Uh, and, and you got MVP. And then he was way overdrafted last year. And people were like, what the hell? What the, what the hell was I sold? This is shitty. Lamar Jackson, what the hell? You can't throw. You're, you're not running. What, what's going on? Finished strong last year. So why I call him the curious case is from MVP – to uh, you know, draft joke where He's most a of the Jekyll and Mr. Hyde here. Yeah. So what is he this year? Is he a mix of both? Is he in between that? Do we see MVP Lamar? Do we see draft joke? Uh, I think we're going to see closer to MVP Lamar. I think the way that they finished really strong last year, mm-hmm. you watched their run into the playoffs. It was, they, they were a team to reckon with. And I think they're going to come back with a little chip on their shoulder. So yeah. I, I think, I, I think, I think it'll be, pretty solid this year, especially with uh, J.K. Dobbins another year in the in the system, just get that run game going. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, you could absolutely be right. Um, you, you also have to consider that two of these defenses are like top 10 in the league. Okay, so we're talking about uh, if you're not talking about Baltimore, you're talking about Pittsburgh uh, and, and the Browns are pretty damn good defenses. Uh, Cincinnati's a joke on defense, but you know they're they're still a formidable team. Uh, so you know Lamar has to reckon with that uh, four times a year. Um, so I guess we'll just have to stay on that. I, I like Lamar as a as a first round pick, middle of the first round. Uh, he come out there, and I, I think you can be confident uh, with Lamar Jackson this year. Maybe you know, something you haven't been able to say 
uh, or weren't able to say last year. Okay, next division, uh, we're going to go west. This is a fun division for quarterbacks. Oh, is Herbert going to keep taking step forward to become a superstar? Is he, Scott? Is this the guy that, uh, that we saw last year, you know, uh, that set the world on fire, that opened everybody's eyes? Um, is Herbert somebody that you should buy high on, or should you uh, temper expectations? You know, I, I personally want to temper my expectations. I think he's going to be very good, but I, I still think he's going to be overdrafted from where he'll end up at the end of the season. I think he'll end up being a, a low-end QB1. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he'll, he'll probably be drafted in like a mid-level QB1, a bit, a bit too high for where he is, just because of how great he did last year. But I think uh, sophomore slumps are a real thing, and it's really because the first year a lot of teams just don't, believe that 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 rookie is as good as people say they are until they play him and then they're like well i'm not gonna let that happen again and 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 nfl is a big game about uh it you know being able to analyze your own play and progress and make sure that other people aren't progressing in analyzation of your of your play faster than you are because then that's when you they're all over an offense and they just get destroyed some weeks and you can get you just that's the biggest thing is consistency. Like I think he'll have great games, but will he have weeks where a good defense just absolutely just blanks him? And uh, that's I think something I still need to see. So that's why I'm going to temper my expectations with him. Oh yeah, I, I think last year was just everything fit together for for Herbert. Uh, I, I really honestly believe that uh, if you're buying Herbert in the first round above people like Kyler Murray, above people like Tom Brady, uh, above people like maybe even Ryan Tannehill, you're making a mistake because uh, people like new shiny things. Herbert's going to be in every pundit's rankings really high because they like new shiny things because they like the new big hot quarterback that's in the league. And uh, I, I just don't think he matches that, which is kind of the, the kind of the, if I hate to go back to Lamar Jackson, but this is exactly what happened with Lamar Jackson last year. People are like, Oh my gosh, Lamar Jackson deserves to be number one. Yes. He came out yeah. and was MVP, but is this something that, is this a generational talent? Is this something that you could count on every year? Like Mahomes? Or is this something that just maybe came all together last year and maybe you should temper expectations and maybe not throw all of your draft capital at, at one player? Uh, I, I, I think that that is the case with Herbert. I think really honestly, I think he's a great quarterback and I think he's going to be great for years to come. Uh, but, uh, and you know, with somebody like Eckler uh, on at running back, it only helps you at quarterback for sure. Um, he has the running talent to, to score touchdowns within the five. Um, you know, Herbert's a, a good quarterback to get. I just don't think that you should pass up some other elite quarterbacks for Herbert um, because uh, he's being pumped up by the media. He's being pumped up in the fantasy world. Uh, and he's being pumped up from the statistics that may or may not project well to this year um how about uh the broncos this is 
oh, this is the saddest situation to me. This is the saddest team in the NFL because I love everything they've done on offense. Yeah, I they love, have weapons. <laughs> they do. They have tons of weapons. I love their draft pick at running back Javante Williams um, and Jerry Judy, uh, Court Sutton, uh, No Fant. This team just, they have all the weapons there, a good O line. Uh, uh, it, I just, I don't know between the, you tell me, Teddy or Locke, who's your guy? If, who's your, first of all, tell me who's going to start and then tell me if you would even consider the, having them on your fantasy team. So Drew Locke is who the Denver Broncos front office is rooting for long-term. Teddy Bridgewater is just a placeholder. If Teddy Bridgewater is it has to play, it's because Drew Drew Locke lost lost the job, basically. Mm-hmm. I think, um, and the fact that Teddy's there means Drew Locke was already losing it essentially last year because everybody saw how up and down his play was last year. So they're saying, okay, we're going to chalk that up to no training camp from COVID and everything. This year, you're going to get every chance you can. But if you suck it up like you did last year, Drew. Teddy's going in there and you're done basically. So you're going to know in the first, I want to say th- five, but probably first three games. Oh, that's you so know? many. That's so many. That's so many games to uh, be questioning whether your QB two is going to play or not, because then you have to roster both lock yeah. and Bridgewater and you have to like root for mediocrity. Uh, it's, that's so tough. Let's uh, see. Their first, the first three games are at the Giants, at Jacksonville, and then the Jets. If he can't beat the Giants, Jags, and Jets, Drew Locke deserves to be benched. True. I mean, it might be before that. If he, if the first two games, because those are really bad teams. Yeah. They're giving him every because after that, it's Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and the Raiders and Cleveland and Washington. It gets real tough after that. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> If it's Teddy, I, I like Teddy. I, if it's Teddy, Teddy I, I think there's... He's just so boring. He's like... Teddy or Tua. Teddy or Tua. Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater and Tua. No, <laughs> both, I know. Both... No, 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 no. Would you rather draft Teddy or Tua? Uh, I take Tua just because he has less chance of him losing his job. Teddy, like, it could be Drew any, at any moment. I have to draft both of them. Tua, I just get Tua. And yes, you're going to kind of suck, but it's that's it. It's your sucky show in Miami. Okay. Yeah, that's fair, I guess. Um, one week. Just one week. Teddy or Tua? Off matchup. Depends on matchup. Okay. Because that. I just think Teddy's like, Teddy's just like, he's such a check down. Maybe I'll run it for four yards. I'll see the, the pass I'm supposed to make and go, no. But I mean, Tua does the same thing. That's so. exactly what that is. Exactly Teddy, what Teddy has better legs. Teddy has better legs. He'll run it for like three or four yards. Teddy will run it for three or four yards. I think Tua has much better legs, but... Oh, Tua's scared. He's... I, I mean, I I think Tua has better legs. Bridgewater's not really known as, as a, a running quarterback. Hmm. Uh, this is He's not like a mobile, you know... Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert. He's gonna slide as soon as you get right. as soon as he gets close to anything. But yeah, you know uh, he only got a couple yards. I mean that's what I'm saying. He's a placeholder. He's just there to like go eight and eight. If he would end the whole season, he'd go eight and eight. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, I, I mean, I can get on board with that. I, I don't mind Teddy. If Teddy wins this job, um, obviously we won't know by our draft, but most people's drafts at the end of, at the end of August. If Teddy wins this job, I have no problem taking Teddy as a, a QB2. He'll turn the ball him, over. You'll get him so cheap. You can get him so cheap, and you can sack the rest of your team. Uh, you can get him in like the sixth or seventh round. Nobody's gonna uh, gonna uh, draft Teddy that high. Drew Locke, I think people will spend like a four or a th- or even a late three on uh, if if they knew he was the starter or they knew he's the incumbent. But either one, these people could come out and put thirty fantasy points on the board any week with these weapons. And you know, I always have liked. Broncos quarterbacks. And I don't like Drew Locke. <laughs> I'll tell you that. I don't <laughs> like Drew Locke. Except for Drew world. Locke. Um, but um, I've always liked Broncos quarterbacks, and I like what they've done on offense, and I really like the situation. And if God, God forbid Aaron Rodgers goes here because he should be uh, just behind Mahomes. If, if somehow the Broncos can pull off the trade of the century to get Aaron Rodgers over there, uh, then, then he should be drafted number two. And it, that would be cool to see Rodgers versus Mahomes twice a year. It throws everything like in a tizzy. The fantasy football world, I mean, you'll have people in the streets making fires, people throwing up at their draft. Like it's just, it would be crazy if he went to, uh, if he went to Denver. But just as it is right now, I like Teddy as a value pick. In the fifth or sixth, I wouldn't mind having him as my QB two. I don't like Locke because I feel like Locke would be taken earlier, um, and I feel like you're right in that Locke can lose his job to Teddy. I don't think it would happen uh, the other way around. I think Teddy can win some games. I mean, the defense is that is good enough, and I think Teddy can. If Teddy wins the job, I don't. I think they go two and one the first three weeks against those teams that you just named, at least, uh, and maybe three and zero. Oh. And we're talking about like, wow, Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, the, the the Panthers competed last year. They were not bad by any means uh, with with Teddy there. So, but the thing is, when you watch the game, like when you watch Teddy play, he's you just you watch him. And you're like, okay, you're good enough to win a couple games in the regular season, but you're not going to beat any playoff teams. Yeah, and and if you're just not going to beat any playoff teams, you you. You're just humping a doorknob, man. Like, just it's fucking useless, right? So, it's so that's that's the thing with him, and you know, then you got competition in the same division like Patrick Mahomes, which I mean, obviously, I don't think we have we have too much to say about him. How amazing he is! He's the QB one in his own tier, basically. He's yeah, Um, he's he's QB one. He's uh, as safe as it can get. If you are in a uh, one QB league, two QB league, running back six points, running back 10 points. I don't give a shit. Uh, Patrick Mahomes needs to be a first round pick. Uh, he's just amazing to watch. That's a generational talent. That's, that's somebody where, uh, you know, if we're talking about trading picks. Well, we do this a lot in our league. We, we trade picks a ton. If you're trading picks uh, and you're talking about like your first and second pick for a first pick, um, trading away, creating a package. You're creating a package for Mahomes. You're not creating them for uh, Lamar Jackson. You're not creating one for Josh Allen. You're not creating one for any of those. You're creating one for Patrick Mahomes because on a week-to-week basis, he can win you games. Four touchdowns a game is not 
a special occurrence for Patrick Mahomes. Five touchdowns a game isn't like, whoa, like six. You're like, whoa, he threw six. That's crazy. Five, it's like, oh, five, four. Really, Patrick, you couldn't throw five? Like, it's it's just that's what you've come to expect. Trust me, I've owned him <laughs> two out of the first three years he's been in the league. So uh, Patrick Mahomes is definitely the guy. But we don't need to sit here and talk about Patrick Mahomes. You know Patrick Mahomes. And let's go to NFC. Um, Sam Darnold. It's an interesting one, isn't it? This is the old is NFC South, eh? Kind of the NFC South. It kind of piques my interest, Sam Darnold. It kind of it got me excited over the offseason being like, wow, the Panthers last year. We I just talked about the Panthers competed last year. Now they have Sam Darnold, somebody who I was like, what if Sam Darnold played for a different team? And now that team's the Patriots. It's like everything came together, and now he plays for a team with uh, some weapons. What do you think of Sam Darnold? Do you think he's a QB one, maybe a borderline QB two? Tell me what you think. Uh, I, I'm I'm tempering my my expectation. I'm I'm going QB two for him. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I think I think it would be good for him to get a fresh start. It, it could it could spell great things. He could have a Tannehill like uh, you know rejuvenation and. Now that I'm looking at his uh, schedule, he starts the season off with the Jets, which could be some nice, you know, redemption that, you know, you get to plan the whole offseason to play against a team, you know, very well, but they know you well, too. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they don't really know him that well. I mean, the ownership does, but that that Jets seems like all brand new. Except for like Crowder. So that's true. Then he's got New Orleans, which could be a tough game. Then he's at at Houston and at Dallas, both really bad defenses. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he could start off pretty hot. Uh, and I think for Sam Darnold, it's a lot like Wentz where it's kind of – it's it's getting his head right. He's got to not see ghosts anymore. He's got to not have nightmares. He's got to be able to walk out of the field and be confident in knowing that he's the leader of the team. And, you know, I think for both of those guys, it's been a while since they've had that. So, it, it I've got to see – that in in his play before I can believe it. So he's a QB two for me till then. There's, I know earlier uh, at the beginning of this podcast I talked about Wentz and how he got a new team after you know not being that successful. Darnold's a totally different situation. I know it's like oh my gosh, you were just talking about. Have you ever seen somebody come in after a season, you know, a below average season, and come in and do successful with a new team? I don't think Sam Darnold was that bad for the Jets. I think the Jets play calling and the Jets just ineptitude to play defense and just do anything right um, as an organization really weighed on Sam Darnold. And I think Sam Darnold getting out of there gives him a chance, especially with, I mean, gosh, uh, he's playing with Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore. Uh, you know, they've, they've got Christian McCaffrey, who's by far the best running back in the league. He can make any quarterback look good. Um, you know, the, the, this team could be a playoff team. I, I, last year it would have been a joke if you were like, you know, the Panthers could beat the saints in division this year. I fully expect the Panthers to outdo the saints in division. I think the Panthers have more talent on their football team than the saints. I do. I a hundred percent believe that. How do you think they match up against the bucks? 
I don't think I, I don't think a lot of teams match up very well against the Bucks. <laughs> They've got three number one receivers, uh, you know, and and Tom Brady, the best quarterback of all time. So it's not it's not a fair comparison. But I do think they could be a wild card team. I, I really do. I really think the Panthers could be a wild card team, and I really think that offensively uh, they could ride uh, Sam Darnold, and so Sam Darnold could have a thirty touchdown year. Easy could be a borderline QB one. I think if you're drafting him as a borderline QB one right there at the 13, 14 spot, no one should laugh at you. No one can give you any shit. I, 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 I honestly feel like believe that. By saying that, people are going to laugh at a person drafting Sam Darnold at the 13, 14 sure. spot. Sure. Sure. I mean, I won't. I'll be like, huh. Okay. You saw, maybe you see things a little bit differently than other people. And that's, and that's, that's good to, uh, sometimes that's good, you know, to, to look at things differently and take risks on people draft the upside not the floor sir not the floor um okay we're talking about matt ryan now matt ryan lost julio is that good or bad for him uh you know i mean you can't i can't say it's good but he's left with plenty of talent around him Mm -hmm. in calvin ridley and russell gage and now kyle pitts so i i think it's not, it's not like it's a problem, you know, it right. sure would be great if he was there, but it's not a problem. And especially since he didn't really even score that many touchdowns. So it's, it's fine. Uh, he was obviously he was a monster in the mid, uh, between the twenties though, mm-hmm. but I think there's still plenty of ammo there for Matt Ryan to work with. He just, he just, to me, Matt Ryan's been the ultimate Dr. Uh, Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, because you, you never, he's, if you look at him year to year, he's up and down all over the place. Yeah. Um, he's a little hard to, to kind of figure out what he's going to do, but again, they, the Falcons could have taken a quarterback in this draft, which there were a lot of quarterbacks and they took Kyle Pitts instead. So they're saying they have some confidence in that run, man. I kind of wanted him to, I was kind of rooting for him to take Trey Lance, mix it up a little bit, but they, you're right. They still have confidence in Matt Ryan. I I'm going to say, uh, that losing Julio is a good thing. Uh, that that's, that's a plus you do not have to do anything. There is no, okay. When Matt Ryan had Julio Calvin Ridley last year, Hunter Henry, uh, not Hunter Henry, Hayden Hurst, the other uh, double H and Todd Gurley, who's ugh, just disgusting at running back. Um, he was forced, like you're going in to face the Falcons. You're like, all right, let's watch Julio, watch Calvin. You know, cover the middle of the field a little bit, and that's it. Matt Ryan's not forced into any corner offensively anymore. Okay, he's got Gage and Ridley on the outside. That's a that's a weapon. Okay, Mike Davis in the backfield is multidimensional. We talked about that in the running back show. I really like him. Um, and the new Kyle Pitts at, at tight end. He's not cornered uh, by any means offensively, which opens up a lot of things for him. And I like Matt Ryan. Uh, when he has the freedom to do other things. I still think he's talented. I've seen him uh, miss a lot of throws. I really have. Underthrow people, uh, kind of embarrass himself out on the field. He did last year. Um, But I still think he's got a little bit left in him. Um, This is somebody that I think the beginning of the second round, middle of the second round, um, you get a steal. I think he's in the same boat as Sam Darnold in that you say, you know, 13, 14 pick, I'll take Matt Ryan. And no one should laugh at you. That's a fine pick because Matt Ryan, every single year, you know from experience, 
um, every single year has been a middle of the first round kind of guy. Eight, nine, ten quarterback. Um, so, so yeah, no, I, I, I think Matt Ryan's good. How about we're not going to talk about Tom Brady. We, we talk about Tom Brady all the time, but uh, Jameis or Taysom? Tamis or Jamsom? What do you got over there in, in New Orleans? I like Jamsom. I, Jamsom. I, I think that's really uh, that because it'll be Jameis first and then they get into the red zone and you'll have maybe two plays of Taysom. You know, I think because, well, you have to think about it. Even when Drew Brees, Drew Brees was there and he was, you know, playing amazing, Taysom would still come in during the red zone sometimes for some oh, random yeah. plays. Yeah, any Drew Brees owner knows that when they're, he'd be like, yeah, let's go. And they'd be like, who the fuck is that going in for my quarterback right yeah. now? So if, you know, I think Jameis has the biggest upside for them and the biggest arm. So he has, it gives them most versatility playbook wise. So that's who they'll run with about 75% of the time, but then you're still going to have some taste. coming in there to really just kind of fuck over your touchdown production. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, what a fucking nightmare it is that, you know, back when teams about 10, 12 years ago, when teams started to do running back by committee, like every team had running back by committee to save their running backs legs and, uh, you know, really, you know, create longevity in people's careers that that would transfer over to quarterbacks like 10 years later, because we saw it with the the Colts did it last year. Also, uh, to my dismay, I was a Phillip Rivers owner and they brought in Brissett on the one to run it in like multiple times. That sucks. (laughs) I know it was terrible. Uh, And so now if if, I love Jameis, if Jameis wins the starting job, I love Jameis in this offense. I think he's like the steal of the draft. If you get him as your QB too, I really do. I mean, this is a guy who threw for 4,000 yards and 40 touchdowns. Ignore the uh, like 30 interceptions that he threw. Uh, <laughs> it was like a ridiculous amount of interceptions. But, but like, but they were all just so bad too. It was like he was like literally inches off the ground, like falling for a sack, and would just toss it up like he was playing, like he was playing jackpot back in the day in the park with the football and. You know, Jack, you know, jackpot live or dead. And, you know, someone always. <laughs> it, was just, it was like the worst interceptions you've ever seen, too. So, like, it's hard to forget those days. Yeah. But I, I, I like to think he's come a long way. Uh, well, I mean, I don't care if he's come a long way or not, because honestly, we don't play fantasy football for them to win the games. I don't give a fuck if the Saints go 0 and 17. Um James Winston was like number five that year when he threw 30 interceptions, number five in fancy points as a quarterback. So he could sling it all day, every day. I know he won't because they have Latavius Murray. They have Alvin Kamara at running back, but he's proven that he can throw and that he's willing to throw and he's willing to take chances. And so I do like Jameis Winston. I think he's a good, I think the saints are set up for, you know, a decent quarterback situation, not as a team, obviously, but if you do take Jameis, just be prepared to throw shit at your TV and uh, drink heavily on Sundays because Taysom will steal your touchdowns. Like, it'll be like the 15-yard line, and it'll be like third and eight. 
and you'll be like, are you serious? Taysom's in? What the fuck is going on? Uh, and, and he'll run like a 15-yard touchdown, and then you'll just be like, oh, my God. It's terrible, but uh, but yeah, I, I I like James this year. I think again, steal the second round if you can get him. I know nobody's gonna agree with me. Everybody's gonna laugh, but I'll take him. I don't give a fuck. Um, NFC East. Uh, let's uh, let's uh, is this a year Fitz Magic? Is this Fitz Magic? Are you pumped for Fitz Magic? Is this somebody that you you would spend up for? I would not spend up for him just because. Like, I mean, I love Fitzmagic. I love – he's a great player. He's a hilarious person. He's fun to watch play. But, like, I'm a draft because he's funny. Up for him just because he's never kept a job. He's literally never kept a job. So, like, even though this is, I think, the first time anybody's ever said, the job is yours, yeah. and this is the first time it's ever happened, I don't know what that means for him. Like, I feel like maybe he's lived – with fire under his ass that he could lose his job at any moment, like for a long time. And he needs that, but this is a really great team. There's a lot of really good talent on this team. Yeah. Uh, and scary Terry, and Logan Thomas and Tony Gibson, and amazing defense. Like he, he could have a really good year. Um, this might be the first time he's ever been on, been on a team with a good defense because he's used to playing by from behind, but I, I do like him. I do like him as a middle to QB two. Yeah. I love Fitzpatrick. I think that Fitzpatrick uh, is another one of those turn guys. Put him right there with Matt Ryan and Sam Darnold and all them right there at the turn, which it's just a big jumble of quarterbacks. And I love it uh, because it's like create your own adventure there. Uh, but yeah, scary Terry on the outside. Um, I believe they, they signed Curtis Samuel. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. That is correct. Yeah, and so this he's got that underneath help um, that he needs. They can create these weird little packages that Curtis Samuel's good at um, with him at, like, quarterback or whatever and, and uh, really open up that offense. Um, Logan Thomas, another weapon. I mean, we're talking about probably somebody who's going to be a top-five tight end this year. Um, but, but, yeah, it's, it's a uh, – it's an exciting time for um, the the Washington football team. I wish they would have picked a name. Yeah, uh, I was really hoping they'd do that too. But there's yeah. I mean, the the Washington sexual abusers doesn't sound too good right now, so they're gonna rethink it. Ah, yeah. Say la vie. Say la vie. Uh, let's talk about Jalen Hurts. Tell me, you think Jalen Hurts is the answer for the Eagles? You know, I, I just – I don't think so. In the, the bottom of my heart, I don't think so. Even though, like, you know, people have been projecting him to have a huge year because he is a run threat and has a decent arm. Um, I don't think ultimately he's the answer. Uh, but if he keeps his job, like I said, he could have a huge year because of the dual threat. Um he, he has a, he has a lot of good weapons around him. He has the reconnection of Devontae Smith. He has uh, Jalen Rager. Um, you know, even uh, the running back there isn't bad. So he's got a chance to have a really good year. Um, I just think his play is a little sporadic for me. He doesn't seem like he follows the playbook very often. But I mean, that doesn't always necessarily mean it's going to be bad. It just you have to be good enough to play off 
book, you know? Mm-hmm. So we'll see if he, he can do that this year. And I guess his biggest help is his backup is still Joe Flacco. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they've committed. I mean, that they yeah, committed exactly. when they, they got rid of Wentz. Exactly. So they committed yeah, really when that, they drafted him, to be honest. Um, you know, and so Wentz was his time was uh, limited there when, when, right when, um, Hertz got drafted, and I'm sure Eagles fans were excited about that because Hertz absolutely blows ass. Um, or I'm sorry, Wentz absolutely blows ass. Uh, yeah. I think this is a big test for Hertz. I think that's a this is like one of those where he's got to step up because I, I do like the weapons that he has. I love Devonta Smith. I thought he was one of my favorite wide receivers coming out of the draft. Jalen Rager, uh, super underrated as a, as a wide receiver. I think that's, that's a huge weapon to have. Uh, Travis Fulgham really fell off. I, I, I'm not a big fan of Fulgham. Fulgham should actually play uh, on the outside with Devonte Smith in the slot, but we're not going to go there. Dallas Goddard is a good tight end. Good to see him, you know, actually have that starting job. Um, and that defense is not all that impressive. I mean, it's okay, but it's not all that impressive. Uh, but Jalen Hurts uh, is one of those guys, a red zone guy that uh, can either do it with his legs or do it with his arm. Um, he's playing in a division that sucks, that sucked defensively last year. Uh, and so he'd come out and other, other than Washington football team, other than Washington football team. Okay. I'll give you that. Uh, and so I think he'll be in a lot of close games where he's going to have to throw. I like Jalen hurts. I like him as a QB too. I think that, uh, middle of the second, maybe end of the second round. Uh, this is a guy that you really target. Um, one thing that kind of hurts him is that Miles Sanders isn't that great of a receiving running back. Um, He's uh, a between-the-tackles guy, and uh, he really didn't have that great of a year. And if they want to feature him, um, then you're going to lose some of that receiving running back like Boston Scott and Kerryon Johnson. So Jalen Hurts is is one of those that I like, um, but you could definitely get caught spending too much on Jalen Hurts for sure. Uh, what do you think? Jalen Hurts guy, good guy, good guy to draft, good uh, championship. I think he is. I think he is. Like I said, I mean, he's not going to lose his job to Joe Flacco, and I could definitely see him having a Kaepernick year. Kaepernick year. That's how he he reminds me when he plays. He he plays like Kaepernick. Going to be an activist, probably. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but right. what, what do you think? Uh, do, do you think uh, Dak Prescott's going to get comeback player of the year? I think that's a good bet. You know, last year around this time, I, uh, I think I threw like 20 bucks on Alex Smith to be comeback player of the year. It's definitely a bet that I'm going to take this year. I, I think yeah. 20 bucks. That was easy. It, all, all Alex yeah. Smith had to do was go out on the field and take one snap. He's comeback player of the year. Uh, I think Dak will probably be like minus 800. As long as Dak doesn't like, you know, twist his other foot backwards. And come and get out or miss a lot of games, and he's come back player of the year for sure. And yeah. I am way higher on Dak than other people. I don't think I have a shot at Dak. I think you in the lottery has a shot at Dak. And I think people up there in the lottery, up there in the top six picks, whether it be this league or any league, uh, need to take a second look at Dak. If you're not getting Mahomes, uh, you should really take a second look at Dak. 
Uh, no, was- I agree. He has amazing weapons around him. I mean, his weapons are absolutely undeniable, and their offensive line got better. Um, everybody's coming back, basically. Uh, I think, you know, their defense is still pretty bad, but it might get a little bit better, but they'll still have to put up a lot of points. So Yeah. Don't yeah, don't be uh don't be fooled into thinking that somebody like, you know, Josh Allen absolutely has to be number two. Or Lamar Jackson absolutely has to be number three. I love those guys, but I'm telling you, Dak Prescott put up MVP numbers through the first five weeks last year. And if as long as he's healthy, that defense is horrid. And he's going to be in those shootout games that everybody loves to watch in primetime this year. Cowboys always get primetime games. Uh, yeah. And be a and, lot of primetime. And I'm telling you primetime football games do something different to a quarterback. They do something different to any player on the field. Uh, it's. And so, yeah, take another look at Dak. Dak is somebody that you should definitely trade up for if you have a chance. Uh, but let's, let's go NFC North. Oh, boy. Here we go again. Do you expect Rodgers back? Well, we're not going to spend a million years on this. We talk about him every week because, uh, you know, he deserves the attention that he's getting. Uh, but if – if it, does he come back? And if not, when does he? You know, like yesterday I would have said yes because he – the thing he loves the most is being the face of a franchise. But – after hearing Schefter say that he turned down being the most paid, highest paid player ever and being there for five more years, then no. I mean, he sounds like he really does want out. And I don't know if they're going to, you know, like actually trade him or not. So he's, he's about as risky as Sean to me because it, now they keep talking about him, you know, going, uh, going into the regular season, missing games and forcing him to play Jordan Love and seeing if they'll, uh, you know, lose some games there. Luckily, at least before our draft, they'll have training camp started. So I have a mm-hmm. little bit better of an indication of whether he's even going to show up to that or not. Yeah. Um, he's just, like I said, I think he is going to play football this year. And when he was at that golf tournament a couple of weeks ago, he said in a couple of weeks, we'll see, which was right at the timeline to be at training camp. So, mm-hmm. um, I think he is going to play this year. If you had, um, if the draft was like this weekend, would you take Aaron Rodgers in the first round? Not in the first. Well, you wouldn't get him. Somebody would. I know. I know. But you I know. Would. Somebody would. Somebody would take him at the beginning of the second or something, or the end of the first or something. Right. But the thing is, the chance of him not playing, you, I mean, first round picks go down with injuries all the time. So you'd have to cop it up to that, basically. But, that's a big blow to start off with. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, at that logic, I mean, you almost, well, I guess because Watson is uh, like assured we're going to be at least, uh, what's it called? Suspended for some games. not the same, but right. Uh, yeah, no, I, I honestly a hundred percent think um, that Rogers will play this year and it won't be for, the Packers. And so that sets up a conversation that we're about to have about Jordan Love. If Jordan Love 
is the quarterback for the Packers. And if you know that in two weeks when we draft, where is Jordan Love on your echelon of quarterbacks? He's a low-end QB, too, to me. He has some weapons around him. Devontae Adams is a great weapon. He's a great wide receiver. But, I mean, it just depends. If Jordan Love really was paying attention to what Aaron Rodgers was doing that whole time, he could be an amazing quarterback. Mm-hmm. You could, he has a high ceiling. He has a high ceiling because we've obviously seen that success can be had in that offense with those weapons. Yeah. So he has a very high ceiling, I think. It's just a matter of him putting it together. Um, and you're hoping he can put it together as well as Aaron Rodgers, basically. So, yeah. um, I, I don't like I said, he, he's a low end QB two to me. I I disagree. I, I think uh, Jordan loves a fine value pick. Second quarterback, obviously QB two, uh, but I mean, the Packers saw something in this guy to draft him first overall, piss off their star quarterback. Okay, they thought of this. People that get paid money to make these decisions knew that it, that would make Aaron Rodgers angry, and they did it anyway. And it was more of an age thing. It was more over like, look at ever after, you know, fourteen years, you draft another quarterback. Basically, is this because they never vu? they never keep a quarterback past sixteen years? Apparently, yeah. I'm getting strong deja vu from back in the days of. Uh, I mean, Rodgers should know better. Buddy. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, I mean, what if you went to the Vikings? What that would be just... hilarious. Via <laughs> the Jets. Via the Jets. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, did he go to the Jets? Yeah, first? he went to no. the Jets. They refused to trade him within the division. So they traded him to the Jets and he played for the Jets for like one year or something. And then he immediately went to the Vikings. <laughs> huh. Uh, yeah, because, because the whole thing was like, we'll trade you to anybody, but we can't be within the division. He's like, all right. I'll figure it out. <laughs> How about the Jets? <laughs> yeah, uh, like, I won't be in the Jets long. Fuck them. Go to the Vikings. Yeah. Yeah. You uh, still have your Vikings Favre jersey? Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah, I do. I'll wear it to the draft. I, Brett Favre's my boy, uh, even though he makes some kind of, you know, backhanded political comments and stuff. He's still, I still love him. He's still great. And he may have embezzled money from the uh, state of Mississippi, but we're not going to worry about that. That's not what this podcast is about okay um all right how about naggy when he the coach of the bears coming out and saying dalton's a star do you believe that you really believe that garbage you know i i would believe it more if his job wasn't like in flames like if he was just a normal head coach and like hadn't had such a terrible record or like already been there for a while and just like on the brink of being pushed off the ledge, like I'd be like, yeah, that's a smart choice to make. Yeah, that you know you should let rest him for at least a few, you know halfway through the season or so, let him see the speed of the NFL and everything. But I just think that they're going to throw Justin Fields out there within like a, probably a couple weeks. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think Andy Dalton's going to like start for too long because we saw Andy Dalton in the Cowboys offense last year, which is a much better offense. And he did terrible. Yeah. I mean, he eventually did okay, basically, but he pretty much did terrible for a while. Mm -hmm. So if that's what they're going to get and their opening game is at the Rams. So I I get it. Don't, you don't want to start Justin Fields against Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald's and destroy his confidence. Uh, after that, you got Cincinnati and at Cleveland. Uh, you know, I might see how 
how Dalton does through the first three games and be like, oh, you went one and two, and you only beat Cincinnati, and they're kind of suck, and you barely beat them, and then you start Justin Fields in week four. Yeah. Yeah, I I, uh, I don't think that Fields – I don't think Dalton has more than one week in him. If that's a – it might be just one of those things where Dalton comes out, and if he's not winning at half in week one, Fields is in there. Fields has so much to prove. I feel like he's the angriest person in the NFL. Fields he was has- touted as a saint, just as talented as, as uh, Trevor Lawrence for a long time. Then the draft came around. They're like, no, nah, Trevor Lawrence is way better than him. And Justin Fields like dropped way, like way down. And I was just like, I saw the tape and I was like, Justin Fields looking like way better athlete than any of these fucking punks. But okay. <laughs> Did you see how bad he was? See how angry yeah, he I was? think this too. And like, yeah, that, that guy has something to prove. I agree. I feel like every game he's going to be angry. He's going to be mad. And and I'm totally down with that as a QB2 uh, because you could probably get him in like the fourth or fifth round uh, this upcoming year. And he's probably, you know, a uh, pretty good value at that pick. Um, yeah, it, Justin Fields with the weapons they have. We've talked about Allen Robinson in the past. Darnell Mooney, I just absolutely love. Uh, David Montgomery is not that inspiring, but Tariq Cohen should be back. Um this offense is not super, super sexy, but uh, something that, like I said, a value pick, you can get somebody cheap. Um, I would not trust anybody that says Andy Dalton's going to be the starter for more than one week. Andy Dalton, you know, there's like a handful of quarterbacks that we're, that we're going to draft, that only we're going to draft because they are named the starter in name only. Okay, like if Drew Luck or Drew Locke is the, the starter for Denver, then we'll be like, okay, Teddy, we'll probably see some time. Um, you know, if if uh, T- Tyrod's the starter, you may see Davis Mills see some time. Like, you you see all these quarterbacks that you're going to draft, and you're going to be like, okay, well, I have to draft you because just in case. Um, and I think Andy Dalton's one of those for sure. But, but yeah, no, I, I love Justin Fields. I love the 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 fact that you can get a cheap weapon so late uh like him and as far as rookie quarterbacks go he could he could uh you know rival somebody like trevor lawrence who's going to be taken way high in the first round probably i end of the first round you you might be able to get the same kind of production that you can on trevor lawrence three rounds later in justin fields just you know throwing that out there but trevor lawrence is for sure the starter. So that's, you know, you get, you get whatever. Uh, let's see. Anybody else in that division? Now nah, let's, let's move on to NFC West. You don't want to talk about Captain Kirk? Captain Kirk Cousins is so boring, man. I know. He's pretty so boring. boring. He's got good weapons. And then uh, you got Jared Goff over in the Lions, which I don't think anybody's expecting much from, basically. No, I, I will. I don't, I'm not going to give you rankings on everybody, but I will give you Jared Goff is number 34 for me. There's only 32 teams in the league. So just to let you know. That's, that's bad. Uh, yeah, he's number 34. I, I just, I, I mean, literally, they should uh, they should run, um, what do you call it, Wildcat, every play with with Swift. Uh, Goff is terrible. He's just not good. Um, somebody's going to draft him. Somebody in our league that uh, isn't up with all the news is going to see the name Jared Goff and not realize how bad he was last year and they're just going to take a flyer on him as QB2 because it's going to be like the 10th round and 
they're going to be totally disappointed. I, I can guarantee you that. Anyway, um, NFC West. No more acres, like we talked about earlier. Disappointing. Uh, Stafford going up, Stafford going down with that news. I think he's going up. Like I said, I think if anything, that just means they're going to lean on him a little bit more. So, you know, add a few more touchdowns to his season uh, tally mark. Okay. That's, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. I, uh, I don't think it really affects him at all. Uh, Akers wasn't the most uh, sure hands in at running back. Their, their passing game is still set. Okay. That's, that's not an issue in it over there. So, and people love Stafford. I don't know what it is about him. I mean, he's played on the lions for so long and they never really have won much, but everybody loves Stafford. They've loved Stafford so long. I think just because he's, he's put up those 30 touchdown years. Um, and he's, he's got that gutsy feel to him where he's been hurt and played through it. Uh, so I think his stock stays the same. I really think somebody's going to reach up for him. I, I don't think he's worth what he's being taken in the first round. Uh, I think he's probably should be around the end, 13, 14. Um, but he's going to be snagged so far before then. He's going to be snagged at like 9, 10, 11. Um, so, yeah, it's. I think his, his stock is way higher than it needs to be. Uh, and I think with his acres news, he doesn't really go anywhere. People are still going to draft him. That's fine. Um, how about Kyler Murray? Another step forward or another step back? I mean, I think the Cardinals, like a lot of teams this year, are are going all in. They're added a lot of weapons on both offense and defense. And if anything, you know, he's, you know, has another year in the offense. He has more weapons around him and AJ Green and uh, James Conner and uh, and some draft picks and. I think he should another take take another step forward because it's not really it's his offense and the way they the, the way the style of offense that uh, Cliff Kinsbury runs there it's all through the quarterback it's all fast paced and I mean Chase Edmonds and James Conner uh, you know they're decent but they're not going to take you know a ton of touchdowns away from Kyler Murray with his rushing upside so I think he's going to probably keep keep progressing in what he's doing. Yeah, uh, he had 11 rushing touchdowns last year. I don't think he can match that. That's a lot of rushing. I just don't think he can match the uh, the rushing touchdown totally had last year. And I think this is a situation like Lamar Jackson a few years ago. Last year, there was nobody higher on Kyler Murray than me. I mean, I would drink the Kool-Aid so bad that I was about to take him over Mahomes. I thought, oh, this guy is his new MVP. Thank God I took Mahomes. But, uh, but yeah, no, I was I drank the, the Kyler Mark Kool-Aid last year. But also last year I saw him, uh, he can get hurt. He has the ability. He's kind of small. I mean, he can get hurt, and he's rushing a lot. If Kyler can show that he can throw a lot more, uh, then, then maybe he's worth that high first-round pick. Otherwise, he's middle-of-the-first-round guy. Just the not. Hell Murphy doesn't convince you he can throw? I, I'm not saying he can't throw. I'm just saying he's an injury risk. He's, he's no Lamar Jackson. <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. No, I like the way it's, I like his motion. I think it's smooth. I, I think he's a, a very aesthetically pleasing quarterback. Um, but, yeah, I think that if you're buying on Kyler Murray, you're buying high. 
you're buying high and you're taking the injury risk and somebody's going to do it. I mean, he's a, he's a lottery pick. Maybe it could be you. I might be looking at Kyler Murray owner right now on, uh, on zoom, but could be. Uh, it depends on what pick I am. I mean, for me, I know we talk a lot about how we don't want to give away too much of our, uh, exact rankings and things like that. But for me, I mean, since I'm in the thing like the lottery, like it just depends on draft flow for me and how things are going, who I draft, who's drafted around me. So like I could have my ranking and have it be public, but it doesn't matter because some whoever's drafting is picks and picks away from me. So if they're looking at my rankings, then if they take somebody at their spot, they could be paying too much or for someone, you know, for instance. So it's all about value and, how, and draft flow. Um, But one last like big quarterback, I guess, question mark somewhat. Do you do you consider the San Francisco quarterback situation a question mark with uh, Jimmy G and Trey Lance? Or do you think it's Jimmy G's job? No, I I think it's a a big question mark. I think that uh, this could go either way. Uh, I, I, I really honestly think that they're done mentally with Jimmy G, but they need somebody to play quarterback while they get. Trey Lance ready to play football. Uh, is this a situation like Andy Dalton? I don't know because honestly, that offense is so crazy, so weird, so multifaceted that they might be able to do it with Jimmy G. Jimmy G brought him to a Super Bowl. They know yeah. they can win, or it's he's at least serviceable to win some games early on in the season. Uh, Trey Lance, obviously the quarterback of their future, but you might see. Week one, two, three, Jimmy G. Uh, I would not bet against that. And so be prepared if you're going to take Trey Lance to have some kind of contingency plan for those first few weeks. Um, I like Trey Lance. I, I do. I, I like him a lot. But uh, just know what you're drafting when you, when you get him, for sure. Um, I think that's just about it. We know Russell Wilson. We've, we've finished up this division. Uh, man quarterbacks draft time it's exciting isn't it this is good yeah. stuff uh, i I've, I've done the majority of my rankings i've got them uh all set out i'm i could draft next week i don't want to draft next week but i could if a gun was put to my head which uh let's hope that situation doesn't come up but uh but yes, guys, is there anything else you want to say to finish up this quarterback episode? Thank you guys for listening to this. I know uh, these run a little bit longer, you know, every once in a while. But uh, but Scott, you got anything left to say? Um, no, just, uh, you know, excited for the draft. You know, I'm, like, I know we draft earlier than a lot of people, but like, I, I love it. You know, I love it. We're, you know, we're heading to Denver soon. So it should be, it's a new destination for our draft location and mm-hmm. should be a lot of fun. And, you know, I'm... Yeah, I guess you're right. Like we could draft right now, but uh, I guess I want to wait to see if we can get any clarification on Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers. And I guess just let players uh, get warmed up and uh, see who's going to get nicked and bruised and who's not in these next couple of weeks, basically, as we found out with Cam Akers, it's unfortunate luck there. Uh, But I'm, I'm just really excited. Really looking forward to it. Yeah, Cam Akers definitely won't be the last to uh, suffer an injury here in the next coming weeks. It's, it's sad truth yeah. of, uh, of the NFL and, and training camp and whatnot, but I am excited. It is NFL Network season. It is top 100 season. It is ranking season. Um, it's almost hard knock season. It's almost hard knock season. Got a few weeks until that. 
Uh, but thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. We'll be back next week uh, with with uh, with a guest, and we will talk about uh, happenings going on in the NFL and maybe some new news that has happened since we last spoke. Thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you next week. See ya. Somebody take me to Taco Bell